David Brown's work acknowledges the authenticity and historical significance of the Epistle to the Romans, a foundational text of the New Testament. He emphasizes that no scholarly debate has arisen over its genuineness, with a consistent line of testimony dating back to early church leaders like Clement of Rome, who referenced the Epistle in his own communications to the Corinthians toward the end of the first century. Brown provides a meticulous account of when and where the Epistle to the Romans was written, drawing from clues within the Epistle itself and corroborated by information from the Acts of the Apostles. Notably, the Apostle Paul, author of the Epistle, had not yet visited Rome at the time of writing. His letter outlines an imminent journey, wherein he planned to deliver charitable funds to Jerusalem's Christian community from the churches of Macedonia and Achaia before continuing to Rome and then Spain. Paul's itinerary is linked to his third missionary visit to Corinth, a stay of three months documented in the Acts. The veracity of this link is supported by the mention of several companions who joined Paul from Corinth. The Acts and the Epistle to the Romans both named Timothy, Sosipater, Gaius and Erastus as being with Paul. Intriguingly, both Gaius and Erastus have connections to Corinth, with Gaius being a Corinthian convert and Erastus holding a significant municipal position there. Also, the mention of Phoebe in the epistle, identified as a deaconess of the church at Cenchrea, the port city of Corinth, lends further credibility to the conclusion that Paul wrote the letter from Corinth. These interconnected details construct a compelling argument, widely supported by scholarly consensus, situating the writing and dispatching of the epistle to the spring of the year 58 from Corinth. Through a synthesis of biblical texts and historical data, Brown's analysis provides a convincing case for the Corinthian origin of the epistle to the Romans. This reinforces both the precision with which biblical scholarship can pinpoint the context of ancient documents and the enduring legacy of these texts in the fabric of Christian history. Moreover, Brown delves into the historical debate regarding the establishment of the Christian church in Rome, scrutinizing the long-standing belief that it was founded by the Apostle Peter, who was also considered its first bishop, this belief has not only been deeply entrenched in the teachings of the Church of Rome, but has also been embraced as an indisputable fact for centuries. Nevertheless, Brown provides a counter-argument based on scriptural evidence, casting doubt on the tradition of Peter's foundational role in the Roman Church. Key to Brown's argument is the absence of any mention in the Acts of the Apostles of Peter's involvement in the formation of the Roman Church. This silence is particularly noteworthy, given the detailed accounts it provides of the apostolic activities, including those by the Apostle Paul, such as his journey to the Roman capital, his receipt of a warm welcome by the Christian brethren there, and his subsequent ministry within the city that spanned two years. Furthermore, Brown raises a critical point regarding Paul's own written words. In his epistle to the Romans, Paul explicitly states his intention to refrain from building upon another's foundation in his missionary endeavours, a point which presumably would prevent Paul from seeking a ministry in Rome had Peter been the original founder. Paul's own writings express a strong desire to have a fruitful ministry among the Romans, as he had among other Gentile communities, which Brown contends would be contrary to what would be expected if Peter had been responsible for their initial conversion. In addition, within the epistle itself, as well as in other letters Paul wrote from Rome, there is a conspicuous lack of any greetings to Peter, or allusion to him as the founder of the Roman Church. A stark omission if Peter had indeed played such a significant role in its origin. Brown's examination leads to the conclusion that the Roman Church may not owe its existence to any prominent early Christian leader or apostle such as Peter. Instead, 
It is suggested that the church may have emerged from the collective efforts of less famous or even unnamed believers who contributed to the spread of Christianity in Rome. By undermining the traditional view of Peter's primacy in the Roman church, Brown opens up a broader historical investigation into the roots of Christianity in the heart of the Roman Empire, separating myth and tradition from historical fact. Further, Brown's analysis of the target audience for Paul's epistle to the Romans dives into determining whether it was primarily intended for Jewish Christians or Gentile Christians residing in Rome. As historical and biblical records show, there was a considerable Jewish and proselyte population in Rome during the period the epistle was written. Many of these individuals were present in Jerusalem during Pentecost, as mentioned in Acts 2.10, and upon their return, they likely shared the teachings of Christ, thus laying the foundation for a Christian community in the heart of the Roman Empire. While acknowledging the existence of long-standing believers and converts through Paul's influence, Brown accentuates that the church in Rome grew largely through local efforts and the sporadic input of preachers from other regions, rather than a direct apostolic establishment like other congregations to which Paul wrote. This resulted in a unique situation for the Roman church. It had less formal structure, but was nonetheless vigorous and flourishing in its faith. Addressing the composition of the church, Brown affirms that although Jewish Christians were part of the mix, the Apostle Paul directed his epistle chiefly to a Gentile audience, as indicated in Romans 1.13.15. This Gentile predominant congregation, before becoming Christians, were most likely adherents of the Jewish religion as proselytes, which would account for their substantial acquaintance with the Old Testament text and principles. Thus, Paul's letter presupposes that the readers, despite being primarily from a Gentile background, harbored a sufficient understanding of the Old Testament, knowledge they had carried with them into their new faith. This positions the Roman church as one entering the Christian church through prior exposure to Jewish scripture and belief systems, making it a unique blend that required a nuanced approach in the apostles' teaching, which Paul adeptly provides through his epistle. Last but not least, Brown characterizes Paul's letter as a finely crafted combination of theological discourse and heartfelt personal communication. He posits that among the writings attributed to Paul, Romans is unparalleled in its sophistication and fervor. The epistle is not merely an academic document. It retains the personal touch and fervency expected of a letter while delving into profound theological matters. Brown identifies several central themes that structure the narrative and theological exploration within the epistle. Initially, he presents the concept of humanity's legal relationship with God. This is the acknowledgement that all humans— whether they are Gentiles who inherently understand God's law or Jews who have received God's commands through revealed scripture, have failed to uphold these divine statutes. The epistle then transitions into an exposition of how this relationship is fundamentally altered by faith in Jesus Christ. By embracing Christ, believers are said to enter into a new understanding with God, reversing their prior status as lawbreakers. This transformative faith heralds the onset of a new life characterized by an innate joy and sanctification. Brown asserts that this altered state, while complete in its initial stage, promises to culminate in an even more glorious communion with God in the life to come. In further depth, Brown addresses the impact of these theological revelations on Paul's Jewish contemporaries. What may first appear to be Paul's personal reflection on his fellow Jews, Brown elucidates, is an intricate examination of divine grace and its foundations in God's immense love and unfathomable intentions. This theological contemplation permeates into a wider historical context that includes the calling of the Gentiles, 
the endurance of a remnant of Israel through widespread disbelief, and an eventual full restoration of all Israel. This eschatological vision portrays a universal church comprised of both Jewish and Gentile believers in harmonious fellowship. The closing sections of Romans, Brown notes, pivot towards practical advice and moral exhortations, ending with personal greetings and an outpouring of warmth that signals the Apostles' genuine bonds with his readers. The letter, as a whole, adeptly bridges the gap between high theological concepts and the everyday experiences and duties of the faithful, presenting a document that is both rich in intellectual substance and deeply moving in its human expressions. In conclusion, Brown affirms its historical authenticity and significance within the Christian New Testament. He highlights the lack of contention over the epistle's genuineness among scholars, pointing to early references from figures like Clement of Rome as a testament to its long-standing acknowledgement by the early church. Besides, Brown meticulously determines the provenance of Romans, positing that Apostle Paul penned the text in the spring of 58 AD, while in Corinth during his third missionary trip. This is corroborated by internal evidence within the epistle and details from the Acts of the Apostles. Clues to this conclusion include the mention of Christian brethren such as Timothy, Sosipater, Gaius, and Erastus, who have connections to Corinth. For instance, Gaius was a Corinthian convert, and Erastus was a municipal officer there. Additionally, contrary to the traditional belief about the role of Peter in establishing the Christian church in Rome, Brown examines the scriptural narrative and finds it lacking any definitive evidence that Peter was the founder or first bishop of the Roman church. He debates that had Peter been a major figure in its inception, the Acts of the Apostles and Paul's own letters would have likely mentioned this. Instead, Paul's intent to avoid laying foundations in another's field of work may suggest he did not consider Peter a predecessor in Rome. Also, Brown goes on to describe the audience of the epistle. While the Roman Christian community included both Jewish and Gentile followers of Christ, Paul's letter is seen as addressing primarily a Gentile readership, one that was well acquainted with Jewish scripture and beliefs, possibly due to their backgrounds as proselytes. Moreover, Brown characterizes the epistle to the Romans as a masterful theological treatise, infused with the intimacy of personal correspondence. The central theme revolves around humanity's disturbed relationship with God, due to failure to adhere to his laws, and how faith in Jesus Christ offers redemption and paves the way to a joyous and sanctified life. Brown reads the text as Paul's attempt to address both Jewish and Gentile believers, foreseeing a unified church and laying out practical instructions for living a faithful Christian life. The epistle culminates in personal greetings and exhortations, showcasing Paul's deep connection with his readers, while encapsulating complex doctrinal insights alongside the lived reality of the faithful.